Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Lynn Sanity Podcast, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before we get into the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to you incredible listeners for putting up with uh, our network and our content. We obviously appreciate your support. Uh, with the Lynn Sanity podcast, the Circle City Cinema, and the Power Hour. Uh, the Power Hour certainly uh, timed up themselves a nice little podcast talking about the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant back, Chicago's Red Hot. Brooklyn uh, was also discussed on their pod. Had three interesting teams right now in the final stretch uh, for Alex and, and uh, the Power Hour crew. So don't be afraid to check out uh, what they have to offer. And obviously, the Circle City Cinema. Uh, is putting out together, you know, putting out a bunch of episodes, successions coming out. I know they're doing some projects with that. Rice is involved in the Mandalorian works that they are doing, uh, which that's, there, been a, that's, been a, that's been a fun show to watch. And, you know, for all the, the breakdown on that, please go to uh, the Circle City Cinema and, and so much more. And obviously, you know, with the Lynn Sandy podcast, it's college basketball season. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk some Lamar. Uh, because I just think the topic's really interesting, and I think there's so many angles to look at it from. So I want to start off, Bryce, with the college basketball, because somehow, some way, uh, we got Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, uh, you know, Miami, UConn. Uh, I don't think any of us could have predicted this in at at all, frankly. Uh, and, and here we are watching this happen. We're all going to watch it on our TVs. We're all going to want to find out. Who in the world is going to be the national champion for that for? Uh, yeah, I predicted one out of the final four teams. Um, I was, you know, close to another one, but obviously that didn't work out either. So this is what we got, whether you like it or not. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not in love with it. But, I mean, this is March, though. That's how, that's how the cookie crumbles, man. And that's what right, makes right. it fun. You're right. And and that's what I'm excited to kind of dig into because obviously, you know, we go into the Sweet 16 and we'll start with the South it, because I'll tell you, Bryce, I coming into the South, you and I talked about the whole idea of Alabama simply can't lose this. They just can't lose this region. You don't know how much time that they're going to have around this talent. Brandon Miller is probably... I don't care if this is a hot, this might be a hot take. I don't care. Brandon Miller's the best player that's ever walked through your campus. You've had all of this depth and talent as a number one seed. And all these twos and threes are out of the picture and you lose to San Diego state. I mean, Bryce, like, I guess let's just start there. How in the world is Alabama not representing the South region in the final four? They just, they couldn't produce any offense. Uh, I mean, it's as simple as that. Brandon Miller was three of 19. Um, San Diego State's known for their defense, but I don't think this was a case of San Diego's defense was just better. I think it was just really bad offense from Alabama. Uh, they just, they just weren't able to produce. They shot, uh, they shot 11% from three, 11, and they shot 27 threes. If that gives you any indication uh, of you where can't they were do at. that. Which is weird. It's weird because they were only down five at half. And they and they were only outscored by San Diego State in the second half by two. Man. So I mean, I, I don't know that you necessarily needed to take that many threes to even get back into it. Um, but that's what they did. And it came back in a bit of man. I think they're definitely better than that, but they were not the better team that night. Well, and they got out coached which is what you and I have kind of mentioned throughout the, 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 the entire run that they've had is the whole idea of just like the thing with Alabama, their entire strategy is to chuck, 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 fast paced offense, not a lot of shot clock. Like we're going to get on the open court. We're going to make baskets. We're going to get in transition. We're going to hit threes. Well, San Diego state's going to make you slow the game down. That's like what their DNA is. It's like what they've been about. And then you can't shoot. I mean, Bryce, like the thing that everyone just kept saying about this Alabama team that was different about Alabama was 
Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. Brandon Miller absolutely no showed in the NCAA tournament. He no showed. Yeah, he no showed in the NCAA tournament. You go back to the first game, round, you can get it. You can get away with it in the first round. You can get away with it in the first round, whatever. Second round, whatever, fine. You know, you move on. You you come out. You you beat Maryland and great, awesome. Even though I honestly think Bryce. The score doesn't indicate you and I watched that game together. And I don't really think the score indicated the way that game was played. I really don't. And you're looking at a team, Bryce, you're looking at a player that was projected a top five pick in the draft. Do you lower your stock on Brandon Miller after this no show in the NCAA tournament? I don't think so um, because he's got the ideal, he's got the ideal figure for the NBA and he's got a lot of the tools. He came up on some bad games, that stuff you'll work out. Uh, Maybe he was just looking ahead to the NBA. I don't know, but no, this doesn't drop the, the stock in my opinion. I would be happy if it did because then my Pacers would probably end up with him, you know, around the five, six spot. You definitely want him in Indiana, which I get it. I mean, he's, He's very talented. Him or Jerice Walker. I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like the, any any of those guys would be super fun fits there. You know, and obviously, I don't want to just discredit what San Diego State did no. to Alabama. I mean, certainly Tramiel put a great game up with 21 and 5. Um, I, I, that's, that's a big-time performance against Alabama, especially with the way that they want to guard in the perimeter. Um, and, and they just got the game ugly. And, you know, because they only they shot 37 percent and 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 35 percent from three. And like that's not necessarily outstanding work, Um, but they really just kind of went to their basics. They made the game ugly. I think Alabama relies on a smooth, fast, crisp type of style. And I just think once you get them off of that, it's a different it's a different ball game, whether that's I mean, it could happen a hundred different reasons. Right. So, I mean, it could be fouls. It could just be physicality. Um, I think that Bryce, I'll be honest with you. I think that's why the SEC didn't advance anyone in the final four. Yeah. Um, I think the SEC is a conference that is very reliant. I think they have the athletes and they can play a thousand styles, but I think that when you have to be physical and the game slows down, they don't have the personnel for that. They just don't. The SEC, that is not what it's built off of. It's it's built off more electrifying basketball, which is fine. Like, that's that's cool. Like, people want to watch that. Like, you know, maybe it gives you a better chance in the NBA. But when it comes to college basketball, I think it's a different conversation. I just – San Diego State just really, really showed that. Um, and then anyway, in that next game, Creighton and Princeton. Princeton, 15 seed. I kind of thought the luck was out. The luck was out. I have to give you credit on Creighton. You did get them right to, to predict them to the Elite Eight. Obviously, I don't think you expected them to see Princeton. Uh, no. But I guess, like, what the, you know, and, and I guess we'll start with this game. We'll get into Creighton San Diego State. Creighton did what I felt like was always there, which was if you just find ways to move the ball. And all five guys are effectively running sets, effectively looking for their shot. Princeton wasn't going to win. And college basketball, and you and I've talked about the difference between in college basketball, you're relying on, you're, you're more reliant upon a set. In an NBA player, you're relying upon a star. Mm-hmm. Like Creighton, in the way they play, they have five very strong players. They do not have one dominant player. And I think the way that they played, Princeton had no answers for because they didn't even have, they didn't have the athletes to guard it, Rice. 56% from the field, 38% from three. Princeton shot 46% from the field and 43% from three. So the, the offensive hot fire that Princeton was having in the tournament still sustained but Creighton, in my opinion, beat them in the way that, to be honest, Arizona didn't know how to do, and Missouri didn't know how to do because they were so reliant on a couple players of their offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Creighton, this is a this is a team win. I mean, when you look at the scoring for this game, it was spread out pretty well 
um, between their five starters, which, I mean, they really only play five guys for the most part, maybe six with Farabello, but yeah, I mean, this is a total team win and they did exactly what they, what they needed to do to win. And they got out of there. They, when you shoot efficiently like that, you're going to score 86 points. Um, they, they shot 81% from the free throw line as well, which helps. Um, those are big points. As you see in college basketball, man, you miss some free throws. Yeah. They can totally change a game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but Creighton really took care of that 13 of 16. Um, they rebounded really well. I mean, they out rebounded the, uh, Princeton by 11. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so just little things like that, just being disciplined, um, offensively and decent defensively, uh, limiting Princeton to just one shot. Cause that, that's how you get upset in the tournament. You allow teams to, mm. to just beat you with straight up effort. Mm. Um, and, and they yeah. didn't let them do that. So, and, and all yeah. respect to Princeton, like you said, they shot 46% from the field, 43% from the, from three, and they only turned the ball over five times. I mean, usually that's a, that's yeah, a pretty I, good I recipe for success. I agree. It just, they just got bested by Creighton that night. Yeah. It is what it is. There's no shame in it. No. I mean, they, like they, I mean, you know, how I kind of feel about those like 14, 15 seats to an extent, but it's like. The way that they obviously they were hot, right? They were simply hot. They played very strong against Arizona, you know, forty three percent, and you know they didn't, you know, shooting forty percent inside and Wilbacam kind of taking the taking it over for them against Arizona and then against Missouri. You know, they were pretty much forty four percent, thirty seven percent. They limited Brown. They limited Hodge, as you pointed out in your articles. Like they've had. Like for the most part, they were just they they could lock in on a couple guys. And Arizona was so dominant in the paint. Creighton can beat you in a thought. They can beat you off the dribble. They can beat you off the three. They can beat you inside. They can take you mid range. Like they, they just had a lot more options to beat Princeton. And because I don't really think Princeton, I don't think Princeton played bad. Like I thought no. it was going to be a but I, I thought it was going to be a blowout, eighty six to seventy five. I think it was a, a tight, you know, right around that 11 to eight point game, you know, because of the way the Princeton was fighting. I mean, I, I'll give him credit for it. McDermott got a big rant. I'm not huge on McDermott, but I'll give McDermott credit Hater. for that. Hater. Uh, but I mean, I will hate him on, uh, on this. Uh, San Diego State uh, was able to represent the South in the final four. Um, and, and I'll be honest, I mean, well, I guess let's start here. Foul or no foul. It's a it's a foul. However, we're going to talk about this. However, okay. you you can't start calling that type of stuff that late in, or right then and there. He hadn't been calling it all game. It I is agree. a foul, though. It is a foul. There's no doubt about it. That's a foul. Can't put your hand on him while he's up in the air. Come on, right? That's a foul, right? But just be consistent throughout the game. It is a foul. Though. Do you know? Is there a way to do that? Like, that's the thing I was thinking about the other day. Like, it feels like when you've been watched, when we, when you watch a lot of these tournament games mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily in the moment, right? You, if you just watched them, you didn't think about, oh crap, this is a sweet 16 game going to the lead eight. It's just like, you're watching these games, you're watching the, a big 10 game and watching about whatever. And you just notice, in my opinion, a lack of consistency in the college game with officiating. How, how do you, how in the world could that even get fixed? Because I, I think the right team won, but I I just hated the fact that the game ended in that way with the inconsistency of officiating. Like there's gotta be a way to fix some of that consistency. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I feel like we discuss it every year. I mean, you can do all the training. You can, you know, take refs off games. You, you don't advance them to the next rounds. I, I don't know. It's all judgment, man. That's where the human error comes in. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. I've tried to talk it out, and it just – I don't think there's any good way the, to go about it. But the thing that's hard – so, like, here's the other thing I thought about with this conversation is, okay – but isn't that why we like sports? Yeah. 
Like, I mean, we sit there and we get upset about it, right? We're like, oh my God, if it's our team, like Bryce, if you're watching the Colts and Mm -hmm. you're sitting there and in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, your team's driving down the field and you get a holding penalty that you don't expect. Last Mm -hmm. two minutes, you're like, why is there a hold? Why is there a hold? Well, I would like, yes, that's frustrating. It's frustrating for you in the moment. It's frustrating for fans in the moment. It's frustrating for a person watching the game. But it's like at the same time, like, it's like a sucker. Like it's it, you. You keep coming back for it. You keep coming back for. It. But well, because it's it, I, and I think the reason why is be, like they're humans. You know, like you're, yeah, you're, right. these are real people, and they're playing a game. And like I think the, for the for the for the officials, I think what they have to do is in those type of situations right there. I agree with you on the consistency. I wish that there was a way. Similar to the similar to the NFL, similar to the NFL, where you know now they have like a complete set of people that mm-hmm. like why in the NBA that sit and like watch these games at a time. I that I like I would have loved the challenge. In in you know the NBA has offered the challenge. Like what would college basketball look like with the challenge? Like I think it'd be a game changer. That would be interesting. That like, would be interesting. That would have been a game changer because obviously you would have tried to throw it. Mm-hmm. You would have thrown it. And I mean, look, you're already reviewing a thousand things anyway. Right. You're already reviewing yeah, a thousand what, things another, anyway. So you, so you have minutes. to make a decision. You have to cut down the reviews entirely or you have to decide, okay, I'll let the coach have a couple challenges and Whatever, maybe you have to expand the timeouts. I don't know how it would work, but I just think it'd be interesting to see how you could limit, how you could help, even help some of that consistency out. Maybe that comes down to reps. Maybe that's just a part of human error. I don't know. That's how San Diego, San Diego State really sealed the game after that. You know, their offense, which in my opinion, Bryce, I would love your thoughts. I think it was god awful. I think their defense is really what kept you know kept them in the game, and limiting Creighton to twelve percent from the three point line. Bryce, to me, that's the stat I can't get away from. When you limit a team like Creighton to twelve percent from the three point line, you're probably going to win. Boy, he did something. I, and it's not like they didn't get looks either, though. But there was there were some really good closeouts. But yeah, San Diego State they struggled badly um, offensively. I mean, like bad, bad, bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, but they but they make plays when when they have yeah. to. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. And but I mean, that's what they're known for. They've been known for their defense for years. I mean, every time San Diego State's in in the tournament, you always think defense. You never thought offense. No. And Matt Bradley was atrocious in the past two games. Yeah, I, I think he's what that. combined for eight points in the past two games. Yeah, he's been horrible. Bradley's but, I mean, be better. But it's but it's impressive. I mean, you get you get Tramiel. Um, you know, has a good scoring output. You get Lamar Butler. That's a little boost that you probably didn't expect. I mean, he shot eight of 11. I agree with that. Yeah. Right. But, right. but I, I'm thinking like Ladie had some big buckets down the stretch. Yeah. He did. Had big buckets down the stretch. Yeah. Like, I mean, they just, they just make winning plays and that, and they're doing the exact definition of survive in advance. That's what they're and, doing. And they're seniors. Yeah. And they're seniors. They're yep. showing you the resiliency of the first round upsets where you lost at the buzzer to Creighton. Yep. To, and nothing but respect. Right. Being a two seed during the COVID year where a lot of people, Bryce, thought San Diego State had a chance that 2020 COVID year to make mm-hmm. a run. Mm-hmm. You know, like th- th- this is starting to add up for them. I mean, this has been a very good basketball program. They've absolutely deserved some of this tournament success. Um, and props, props got to be due to them for what they were able to do. Uh, meanwhile, in the East region, um, Florida Atlantic University gets to the final four, uh, but they get to the final four first by beating Tennessee. And you know, I'll be honest, Bryce, I, I think out of any of the Sweet 16 games, I don't think you're going to agree with me, but this is how I feel. Out of any of the Sweet 16 games, this was the most impressive win for me. This was the most impressive win for me because – the way that Florida Atlantic was coming into that game, the way that that game was being played early on, it felt like it was Tennessee's game. The tempo was their style. They made it ugly. They mucked it up. 
They didn't allow Florida Atlantic to get in transition. But the way that some of those guys were playing in the second half, the way that Martin played in the second half, the way that Boyd could find his stride. I thought Greenlee made some plays down the stretch. Weatherspoon, honestly, he just might be the definition of being ready. The guy was two for five, and I swear the two shots that he made were huge shots to switch momentum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He just has done that for them all tournament long. I mean, this is a team, Bryce, I thought was underseeded. I think a lot of people thought were underseeded. And they're proving it. Like, they're they're a really good basketball team. And and they made a statement against the Tennessee team that obviously people knew were going to struggle offensively. And what do they do? Shot 33% and 26% from the three-point line. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, Florida Atlantic is very similar to San Diego State in the sense that they just make winning plays when it matters. Like, it's not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. But they just make plays. Like, they play so fast. Like, they turned over 12 times against Tennessee, but they turned over 22 in their Elite Eight game, and they won both. Mm. Like, you don't see that very often, you know? You don't. So – it's just the the playmaking that this Florida Atlantic team has. And I think Dusty May's a heck of a coach. I, he, oh. deserve, he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. He deserves a lot of credit for yeah. this, to get his guys ready for, the, for, this, for this moment and to seize their opportunities out in front of them. I mean, they saw Purdue go down, and obviously they had a conversation with themselves internally yeah. and said, we have a chance. Yeah. And, I mean, again, like – I understand all oh, they're in the conference USA. Oh, they're, well, this, they're, they're, they're joining that. Atlantic next year. They're 34 and three. Well, I mean, Bryce, at now. some point, right. Like at some point, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? If you're 35 and three in any level of basketball at any point, if, if an NBA team was 35 and three, Bryce, it would be number one on the, it'd be number one everywhere. Oh, if yeah. a top five, if a power five, and I'm not saying Florida Atlantic's on the same level of a power five in terms of 35 and three, but you sh- no one should have taken this team lightly. If you have a 34 and three record, you know, yeah, at I the agree. time, no one should have taken them lightly. I mean, I think they made a huge statement for that conference and potentially for how mid majors could be seeded. I don't know if it's necessarily going to impact how many mid majors teams get to the tournament. But the way that they could get seeded might change because of how Florida Atlantic was able to beat a team like Tennessee. And then Kansas State came in against Michigan State. You know, the little baby song got him pumped in overtime. Noel, maybe the best show in the tournament. The best show in the tournament. Well, this was the best game of the tournament. Best game of the tournament. No question. Oh, it's not even close, Caleb. It's not even close. It, it, it It was very good. I thought it was very good. I oh my goodness! Bad. I mean, it went into overtime. Right. I mean, right. yeah. Noel put on a put on another show. What? What? Twenty nineteen. This yeah, game, I believe. 2019. Yeah, twenty nineteen. That's a that's an NCAA record or tournament record. Sorry, tournament record. And he added five steals too. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is this is a heck of a game. Props to Izzo for taking this team. Honestly, I don't think this Michigan State team is very good. I don't to be honest. It's not that it's not that great, but what Izzo was able to do with it is incredible. Yeah. The way he instills confidence in his teams every March is just something to behold. <laughs> it, it really is. It's this, hard to this explain. This team sucks. I don't see. I, I don't see one NBA player on this team. I agree. They don't have a single NBA player. And this um, beyond Hauser, he might make the league because of the name. I don't even think. I mean, you could make the argument they don't even have an all-conference player. I mean, maybe Tyson. I mean, Hogard. So up. Hogard or Walker, so maybe. Walker, Walker had a good season. But, I, I mean, again, like we're – this like was maybe. not a great Michigan State team. This was not a very good Michigan no. State team, and yet they – No. And they made, got they made a heck of a run at it. But props to yeah. – I mean, Michigan or Kansas State, they just – they did enough. They did they enough. They did enough. And, and that seems to be kind of their, their MO throughout the tournament as well. They, they do kind of just enough. Uh, they, yeah. they make winning plays, but I think they were better. They're, they were better than some of the competition that they've played. I think they should have. 100% agree. And maybe it is because they're all transfers and this is the first year that they've all played together. You know, I might give you some of that, 
Because I mean, let's. I agree. How how many guys did they? I mean, what Ish Masood was the only one left? I Masood believe. and yeah, Masood and, and I uh, Iola. Yeah, he, he was the. Yeah. They were like the yeah. only two. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's pretty freaking impressive. I mean, imagine if Nigel Pack would have stayed. I mean, obviously, you know, it doesn't really matter because he's in the final four anyway. But but it would have um, been insane to watch. Yeah, it would have been something something else, man. But good win for Kansas State there. Great win for Kansas State. And like you said, Kansas State had a lot going for them. If I would have told you, Bryce, Kansas State would have shot 47% from the field, 45% from three, and they lost the game. Yeah, I would have figured that is impressive. I I mean, that, that, I'll be honest. If you weren't watching the game, you would be sitting there looking at the stat line just like, wait, what? But the difference to me, the difference to me, Florida Atlantic, as you talked about earlier, Florida Atlantic, 82% from the three throw line. Kansas State, 66.7%. I think that drop off right there is how Florida Atlantic is going to Houston. Because offensively, Kansas State had a better game. Defensively, they were limiting them to their percentages. And Florida Atlantic got it done to the free throw line. Kansas State didn't. Mm-hmm. Kansas State didn't. I, th- I, I think for Florida Atlantic to get to the Final Four, nothing short of impressive for that school. Um, impressive for those. I'm curious to see what happens with their team next year. Impressive with what they do. Kansas State, Keontae Johnson, one of the best stories in college basketball. Uh, Noel, if he has an IL, if he has an IL opportunity, I mean, he I don't think he, he, I mean, I don't know how much money he's going to get now. He just graduated his fifth year. I'll be curious to see kind of what happens, like what hit, how that ends up working out for himself, but very good region. I thought very competitive basketball to put Florida Atlantic in it. Um, then another number one seed goes down in the Midwest region. Miami defeats Houston 89 to 75. And I would really like to take some time, Bryce. You're, I know you're not even going to bat. You're not even going to sit there. You're not even going to push me back on this. I just want to say this. Okay. Calvin Sampson, you choked. You suck. You're useless, Sampson. You're useless. They gave it to you in the palm of your hands. They gave you a pitch right down the pipe for you to hit a digger with, and you didn't get it. Baby, baby Bryce with an improper phone call. They could have sent to the NCAA. Oh, here we go. Appreciated to go their way. Or maybe they could have sent a text message to Jim Laranega that he needs to stop being a Hall of Fame coach and stop out coaching me. Because Kelvin Sampson choked the best opportunity he will ever have at a national championship. Yes, he did. I will promise you Houston is not going to be this good anymore. I will lock this in. Houston, this is the best Houston teams, Bryce, that I think you and I will ever see. And Kelvin Sampson choked it up. I want to give credit to Miami, but I have to go at Houston, Bryce, because I think that's the biggest choke job. I think that was a bigger choke job than Alabama, given what the opportunity and the stage was setting. Houston for the Final Four, Houston in the National Championship, Jim Nance calling his last season, and Calvin Sampson improperly couldn't handle his job. <laughs> improperly couldn't make the right decisions. Oh, man. It's, it's not great. I mean, obviously, I mean, to get, to get beat the way you did, too. I mean, it, I mean you, you got, you, I mean, you lost by 14. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, how tough you you let you pride yourself on. I mean, Houston, one of the best defensive teams in the nation all season long, and you let Wong and Pack just do whatever they want. I mean, they combined for forty six points. That's over half of Miami's points. You didn't but do. You anything. know, the two of them are on the scout. If you're scouting Miami, who are the top two players on the scouting? That's a, yeah, yeah. You let somebody like Jordan Miller try to beat you, which obviously that didn't work out either. No, it did on the next game. But yeah. And, and you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. It's, it's laughable. Uh, this is, I think, Kelvin Sampson's cursed, in my opinion, and good. I don't want to hear from him again. Goodbye. I, I don't honestly, I do not think Kelvin Sampson 
I genuinely think this might be the best team he will ever have coached. And I think he blew it. Yeah. I really, really do. Yeah, I think I he blew it. Unless he gets like, unless he gets a bunch of money in the transport. I, you probably aren't getting much more Jarrace Walker, Jarrus Walker's coming to town. No. You're probably no not getting a lot of Marcus Sasser's coming to town. No way. You're probably not. And do I think that it's a shame that, you know, Sasser had the injury? Maybe that limited him a little bit, but 14. Yeah, another 14, week to recover, though. Yeah, 14 points, it's, it's inexcusable. Um, and in Miami, obviously, like you talked about, they were lights out shooting. Pack and Wong were the two best players on the court. That's something I didn't expect to say. And Jim Laranega just, I mean, shoot, he's, he's proving why he's all a fame coach. I don't know how else to say it. He's proving why he's all a fame coach. You're doing it at George Mason. You're doing Question. it in Miami. Question for you. Yeah. Does he retire after this I, season? I, I would. I would. I would ride into the sunsets. I, yeah, because I, I don't agree. really see any upside. I don't I see agree. any upside from this if I'm. If I'm Larnega, like I don't see an opportunity to jump upside. Like, oh man, you know, I, totally I, I don't, agree. I don't see it. Maybe, maybe you go another year, maybe, but like Jordan Miller's gone. Maybe O'Meara's gone. Maybe Pack goes to the NBA, takes advantage of his, takes advantage. I don't really know his draft stock would be, but like, uh, I don't there's know. a, I don't, I don't think it's very, to me, they just don't know. have a lot of talent. They, th- to me, this team was built on an all in season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, you know, I got to give uh, a shout out to uh, Ruiz and his insurance company because clearly <laughs> uh, that was his team as well. So dumb. Next man. up, next up, Xavier in Texas, uh, the Longhorns. Oh, I beat Xavier. This one easily. Eighty-three to seventy-one. Easily. Yeah, Bryce, you nailed it. You did nail it. So let's easily. just get right into it. You were just confident in Rodney Terry over Sean Miller. Oh, dude, this was no. I just knew. I just knew Texas had a way better team than Xavier. Like, and, and it showed. I mean, Texas is just tougher. They're grittier. They're more talented than Xavier. Xavier, Xavier was overseeded as a three seed, in my opinion. I, I kind of agree. 27 and 10, and you give them a three seed? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can, you can miss me on this. I mean, yeah, Texas is just better. And they didn't even play. They didn't even have to sue for basically the whole game. Well, that's still. It beat him up inside. Beat him up fifty three percent inside. Just owned him. Nunji looks soft. He looks is hard. Yeah, and it did. It did. So horrible I mean, yeah, lasting I, impression. I knew they were gonna. I I predicted they were gonna get rolled, and that's exactly what happened. Rolled. Well, Sean, who knows? Sean Miller might. He might leave another job to escape. Yeah, out he, of but look, he I, I, he's I, looking for it. I I think he's. It, it was a great win for Texas. Getting to the lead eight's an incredible statement for Rodney Terry. Um. Nothing short of praise for what, you know, the balance yeah, of respect. Texas was. Mad respect. You know, Hunter and Carr both were terrific uh, in this game, combining for 27 of the 83. Uh, I, I thought they were really good. I thought Christian Bishop was really strong in this game. He was the best big man on the court. Mm-hmm. And and Xavier couldn't have. I like him. Have, yeah, I like him. I mean, he, he was a great player in college. Um, and the reason I said was is because Miami beat Texas. Um, 88 to 81. And I mean, again, I, I, I'll, I'll start with crediting Miami and then I'll get into the Texas side because, you know, Miami basically did the same thing again, Bryce. They went with balance. They, they attacked inside and they played the game of let's call a foul or not call a foul. And they shot 32, three throws in this contest, doubling what Texas did with 15. Uh, Bryce, I know you're. Uh, I don't. I know you enjoy looking at the free throw numbers. No, I'm upset. So what? What? What about this? What about this game? What? About, I, I knew you would be. I knew you would kind of be like me on this one. So what do you got on uh, Miami, Texas? This is just. This is just so frustrating because Miami shot over 20 free throws in the second half. That's not. Come on, dude. That's not even. That's not even feasible. So every time Texas touches Miami, it's a foul. Come on. Texas is it a was, great was, defensive team. I agree. I agree. They, they're a great defensive team, and, and they normally play. Yes, they're an aggressive defensive team, right. but they normally play without fouling like that. I mean, that's insane. I mean, I you got to be kidding I me. I agree. I mean, in I every agree. facet of, of the game, Texas was besting them. I agree. You know, shooting and, was good. I, I mean. If you if you put them on the line, a great free throw shooting team like like Miami, which all respect, I mean they hit them. Yeah, I agree. Eighty seven and a half percent from the line. Right, 
Right. They missed four total free throws. I mean, mad respect for that. But I mean, just I just I just don't buy it, man. Come on. I mean, give me a break. Would you? I, I thought the officiating was I thought the officiating was really rough in this game. Terrible. Um, the Cunningham call. I mean, not. No. And what are you supposed to do? He's boxing him out. What What are you supposed to do? I I just don't get. I, that was a tough one for me to swallow. I think that happens more than what people want to realize. Come on, man. Um, Come on. I, I think, I think, and if, if you want to call a foul on it, that's fine. I just think there's got to be consistency. I, um, I, I think it, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm watching this game. Texas went 50, 40, and 70%. You're probably going to win every game if you do that. Yeah. 50, 40, and 70%. You're probably going to win every game when you do that. They got production from just about everybody. Rice played well. Carr played well. Timmy Allen, I thought, played very well. Uh, I agree with you. The free throw line was insane. And Jordan Miller shooting 13 of 13 is like me winning a million dollars. It's not happening again. Next up, uh, we got the West region. Uh, Arkansas, UConn, uh, you know, and Gonzaga, UCLA. I don't want to spend too much time on Arkansas, Bryce. They got out-coached, out-hustled, out-toughed, out-played. Uh, UConn was just simply better in all facets of the game. Uh, Arkansas shot 31% from the inside, 31% from the outside. UConn went 50 and 40 and and pretty much just dominated this game. With Hawkins, which I did not expect. I thought it was going to be a big Sonogo game, which it was a big Sonogo game, but Hawkins was pretty much unguardable. When he's a microwave like that, Bryce, I think that's where UConn is going to separate themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, UConn looks like uh, the one of the best teams in the tournament. I mean, they were literally ran through everyone. They heard the Patino noise, destroyed them. Uh, St. Mary's, LOL, that's a joke. And then Arkansas coming off a very an emotional win, just absolutely taking care of business. And then even in the Elite Eight, they take yeah, care of business. They just killed them. They it's killed not them. even freaking close. No. They are the be- they are the best team left in the tournament. 100%. The best. It is, it is UConn's title to lose. And every time we say that, Caleb, every time we say it, I know. this team's <sighs> – Please don't, please don't make me go through a Miami in the title game. Just no well, the insurance company might slide the please, officials. Please on no. Please I mean, no. I, look, I, I just think that when it comes to UConn, unquestionably um, the most dominant. <laughs> Who's your the favorite tournament? player on that team, by the way? Good question. Because, uh, like, I mean, I like a lot of mine is, guys. Mine, mine has quickly become Andre Jackson Jr. I mean, I get it. He, he does a lot of things. Like, I was a big Sonogo and Hawkins guy. But Andre yeah. Jackson just, he never loses his cool. Like, he gets some, he picks up some bullcrap calls. Or but he'll he's take like some Andre, really bad shots. And he's just, like Andre uh, Robeson from the outside, though. He is, but but he makes plays, man. Gonzaga, I, I agree. I agree. They, they just left him. Yeah, they did. just the they just left to the basket. Open. Yeah, it but was. What very, are you doing? Yeah, they. I think they read the scouting report as you don't have to do anything on this guy offensively. Come on, but it's dude. like he in doesn't reality, look like a schmuck out there. I, I know. I don't think he does either. I just didn't. <laughs> I, for me, it's Newton because I, I I've That's pretty much fair. been like on that. the. You know, I've always really liked this play he's and. Yeah, he's a good think, point guard. And if he does play good point guard, they're going to win the championship. Like it's that's kind of been my big thing. Mm. He's been doing mm. that in this tournament. I like I think that. That's going to sustain. Um, and then obviously, I mean, Gonzaga—they got killed by UConn, but they did beat UCLA, Bryce, and they did exactly what you thought UCLA was going to let them do. Yes. But it was probably the best. Would you argue this was the best individual performance from a player in the tournament with Timmy? I mean, 36 and probably, probably. I mean, that was an incredible performance. That was his last game. One of his last games ever. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, it was it was good. Um, just really frustrating because it was working. I think UCLA just ran out of gas. If the, if their rotation was bo- was one more guy being Bona deeper. I think they probably win. If if Clark and Bona were healthy, they definitely win this game. Are you saying Mac Etienne on Drew on uh, Drew Tibby is it's a not bad ideal? Matchup? Look, Etienne's going to be a fine player, okay? But I mean, that was just yeah, that wasn't ideal. Definitely wasn't ideal. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, look, Tough. I 
I mean, Timmy played great. I got to, I mean, he did. He basically carried the load. Smith off the bench played really strong. That's where I was shocked. I mean, 14, mm-hmm. 6, 11 from the field. And I, I mean, UCLA, I think they got nothing to hang their heads on. I mean, this is a very no. talented team. They probably could have won a national championship if they're healthy, but sometimes things just, things just don't work out that way. Um, Bryce, you and I kind of both said it. UConn to win it all? I got UConn to win it all. I am picking I am picking FAU to go to the title game, though. I'm with you on that, too. How do both of us agree? I don't know, but we do. We are, we are well. taking Florida Atlantic and UConn. Um, I really, really want to get into this part of this conversation. Lamar Jackson, the storyline, Bryce, he's requested a trade. He's out. He's gone. There's some rumors going around. There's some teams that have interest. We talked about it a little bit last week, just brief. I kind of want to get into it a little bit more because I really want to start with the Colts on this because I cannot believe the sentence that I'm about to say. I cannot believe the sentence that I'm about to say. Okay. The Colts literally have all the leverage. They have all the leverage. What? They have all the leverage. The the Indianapolis Colts have the, the ball, the diamond, the piece of jewelry, the trophy that every that that, that they want. Are you playing the Ravens? The no, I'm not. The Ravens want the Ravens. The Ravens are going to want draft capital. Mm-hmm. The Ravens are going to want draft capital. You want you want to know why they want draft well, capital? Well, they have they have to get two first rounders regardless. Like that's well, a right, done deal. Right, right. But do you know? Okay. But do you know? Do you know why though? Well, because they only have five. But because they only have five draft pe- picks this year. Okay. So you're already low on capital. I over I have all these veterans I signed. Mm-hmm. I have Smith, I have Humphrey, I have Queen, I have um I had Leco of Campbell. Uh I have Ronnie Stanley. I have Mark Andrews on a contract. And what do you think they they didn't pay those guys just to do nothing. They paid those guys who have a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. But the Ravens are also going to say if we can't get them, well guess what? We want our shot at the draft board. Well, who is the highest draft pick available for a needy quarterback mm-hmm. who doesn't have to go? The Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts have the entire. They, they are controlling the offseason, which is the first time I think I've ever said this in my life. I think they are controlling the offseason. They're controlling the draft. They're controlling because if they trade down Bryce, it doesn't mean they can't go after Lamar. Mm-hmm. I would make that case as well because you could Detroit is the only team that would push back. They have the sixth pick and the 18th pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe the Indianapolis Colts could potentially get Lamar Jackson without even trading this year's first round draft pick. Wow. Are you respecting us here? Yeah, because I think if you play your cards right, you could get him. Yeah, and I agree and you with could you. and you could get and you if I mean the problem would be if you don't draft the quarterback with a number four overall pick, then your signs mm-hmm. indicate that you're getting Lamar. But I mean, if you, if you, but there is an argument. The Ravens are going. They, I, I mean, the Ravens are going to want the Colts to take him. Okay. The Ravens, the Ravens are going to want the Colts to take him because they have the top pick, and the Ravens are a team that want to immediately fix right. it because of their roster. Okay, so it starts here, though. This is where it starts, though, Caleb. Okay. Give me your opinion on who the Panthers are taking, because I have a theory on this. I personally, I, I think it's Stroud. I think the whole camp, I think they love him. I mean, they sent all those people over, and I just think, yeah, I just think it's Stroud. I think they're they're ghost. They're they're making hot clouds and and smoke on on okay. Richardson. Okay, I think that's bullcrap. I think it's a bluff. They, you don't think they want Stroud? I think it's a bluff. Here's why. Why? No, no, listen, listen. I think this might make sense to you. Maybe, maybe right, you, you get right. on it. Okay, maybe you go don't. ahead. Okay, all right, go ahead. I like theories. Okay. So you make this big public display of going to the Ohio State Pro Day, right? Yeah. Okay. Then they go to Bryce Young's Pro Day, right? True. Little less noise. Little less noise. Little less noise. We really didn't hear any noise about Will Levis. I think it's clear that they're not probably not going to take him. I agree. 
Okay. Anthony Richardson's is coming up soon. It's in the next two days or tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. It's tomorrow. Um, I don't know what they're doing for that. That's yet to be seen. From things that I'm hearing, things that are buzzing around, it sounds like they might like Richardson. Which I think is interesting because I think the I think the whole the whole sending the party to Stroud is a is a ploy because it was leaked that the Panthers might be interested in trading down, possibly for the right for the right move, yeah. for the right yeah. package, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who is projected to go fourth all along? CJ Stroud. Why would you trade up just for CJ Stroud? Like, do you feel like it? And, and listen, I think CJ Stroud's going to be a good quarterback. You know my stance on that. Yeah. But is yeah. he a generational number one talent that you're trading for? Is there enough upside? Do you feel like there's there's enough upside, or is that a safe pick? Where if you take Richardson, there might there could be more upside, more dynamic uh, playmaking. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of a project. No one's expecting the Panthers to be good next year, right? They're signing these guys, but no one's, they're like, oh, these are really good moves. But mm-hmm. are, are we, and feeling saying, you know, we could win the Super Bowl, miss me on that, please. That's not going to happen. You're rocking with a, a rookie quarterback, but who would give you the best chance to win a Super Bowl this season? Probably a, a quarterback that you don't have a lot of tape on in the NFL. Somebody who's yeah. dynamic with the feet and possibly dynamic with the, with the arm. With the arm. So I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking the only way the Colts don't don't do the Lamar deal is if their guy isn't there. If they're if if a combination of Richardson, Stroud, or Young are gone off the board, or whoever Ballard likes or doesn't like isn't there, then he he'd probably do the Lamar deal. That's just my opinion. That's my theory. So So you so you think that so if we look at the top three, if we look at the top three in the draft, we look at the top three teams available in you know that the top three draft positions in the whole nine yards, do you believe that all three of those teams are picking quarterback? The the three out of the four? The top four? Yes. Houston. Yeah, yeah. So you so Arizona's number three. Yeah, they're not. Arizona's number three. They're not taking quarterback. They're not taking quarterback. No. So if you're, so at this point, if Carolina's picking quarterback and if Houston's picking quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So who do you, so that leads to this question then, because you're the Colts guy here. And I genuinely mm-hmm. believe the Colts control this whole situation. Mm-hmm. If the Colts, so I'll give you the order of, I'll say, fine, fine. Carolina loves Richardson. Well, I don't. And Houston can still pick Stroud. Houston yeah. can still pick Stroud. I don't think. I think they love Bryce Young, though. They might. But let me just get, so. You, so who's the guy? Who's the guy that you're making a trade for? That's the. That's my question. Who? Who? If you're because you're saying I, it's the scenario. It's the scenario. It's like well, if this mm-hmm. one guy doesn't fall to me. It's the scenario. I think. I who's think the Stroud, scenario. I think it's Stroud. Legitimately. I think. I think CJ is not there. I yeah. You're dealing for Lamar. Yeah, I think so. That would be that would be my So you're dealing with them you're 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 you want to make the move before the draft. Uh that's no, the other because, debate. No, 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 because because you said we control the situation. So if, if therefore if we control the situation, then they'll wait. The Colts should wait. The question the question that the question that there but but there is going to be a sense of rush to it. They're mm-hmm. going to have to control the rush because mm-hmm. the, the thing with them is they're going to they're going to have, you know, there's going to be more noise around Lamar. There's probably going to be some sort of report out in, in like the next week or so that suggests that he, you know, that this is where he's thinking or this is where he's wanting. The problem is the Colts are going to have to do this. They have to time this really well, which I don't trust Chris Ballard all the time this, but you have to trust it really well. There's a time in which the Colts have the advantage. But once the draft is over, once the draft is over, more teams have the ability to get into the sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the Colts have to nail that timing to an absolute T. They have to nail that timing to a T. 
I think it's available for them to do it. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I get it. I know you've always been critical of Amar, and I've never really felt that way because I think he's really good. Okay, but like the logic of hiring Shane Steichen, you know, and the way that he kind of coaches and operates and the guy that he's just with, I mean, Lamar's a better runner than Jalen Hurts. He just is. He's a better athlete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a better athlete. And the passing, I mean, Jalen Hurts wasn't a great passer. All of a sudden, he got weapons. Jalen Hurts became a great passer. Yeah. What's been the critique of the Ravens for years? Lack of weapons. I'm not saying the Colts have weapons, but I think the Colts have a better set of weapons than the Ravens. Yeah. I like mean, the receivers, think, the receivers are certainly better. I mean, the tight well, end's not, but certainly the receivers. Sure, but you can fix tight end in the draft. I mean, it's a pretty you're deep, right. You're right. You're right. Pretty deep tight end yep, draft. You're right. And I think Pittman is is solid. Um, I think Pierce is, I think Pierce is going to take another step. And then I think Isaiah McKenzie is your chain mover in the slot. He's like your uh He's like the John Brown for Lamar. <laughs> He's like the John Brown. I, I know, but that's the role. Better. That's the role. Yeah, yes, yes, saying. yes. Okay. It's the role. Yes. The, 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 strat, the, 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 the whole idea of it's there. Mm-hmm. And I think the lack of like, okay. I mean, I'm not a fan of this conversation because I think it's a very delusional conversation, but the whole prospect of like, he's not a quarterback. Okay, let's play that game. Let's just say you don't really think he's a quarterback. Well, if you have a top five running back and you have a guy in Lamar who can throw the ball for 3,000 yards and run the ball effectively would make what the Colts want to do that much better. It would make what the Colts want to do that much better if you mm-hmm. don't really think he's – I mean, again, I think it's ludicrous to say he's on the quarterback, but for the people that say he's not a quarterback, okay – I don't even know if it matters when it comes to the Colts. Because I think the Colts will want to play a style that pleases Lamar. They will want to play a style that allows him to run the ball and at the same time throw the ball effectively. The Colts have never been a team that's shying away from throwing. The problem is they can't trust the quarterback who throws it. I think it's fair to say you can trust Lamar when he throws it, especially if you give him weapons and the running game will be as effective and maybe the offensive line gets rejuvenated by a pickup of Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think the Colts have more control in this than what people are. I've been saying, I think the Colts have more of an opportunity to control the market in a way that I frankly think they never really have ever since Manning. They, they, they absolutely could control. They control the AFC South to me. They control the AFC South. Because the Texans can go pick whoever they want. Doesn't matter. They still suck. If the Colts, I mean, you could make an argument because of what Lamar is, the presence of he is, the aura that he brings. If Lamar Jackson goes to a team, the chances are the roster is going to get better because they're going to want to play with him. It's like every great quarterback. Every great quarterback has an aura to them. Aaron Rodgers had an aura to him. Patrick Mahomes, Jester, whatever. All these guys, where do they want to go? They want to play for him. They'll sign less money to go there. That's what will happen with the Colts. No question about it. If they go get Lamar, they just make a last second push. And I think the Jaguars are really good, but I, I think the Colts, the other problem is, and the reason that I'm hesitant, the only reason I'd be hesitant, Bryce, is I think the Colts are definitely sitting there thinking to themselves, we've made this mistake two years in a row with veteran quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, I will argue none of them are as talented as the former 2019 NFL MVP and a guy that is just simply a better athlete than those guys. This is a better player, definitively. Lamar Jackson could have a bad year, but I can tell you right now, it ain't going to touch what Carson Wentz did in Indy. It ain't going to touch what Matt Ryan did in Indy. Lamar would be a better quarterback. But if the Colts don't want to risk that, that would be the only reason of their hesitancy. But if Jim Irsay is about what he's about, which here's the other argument to this. If there's collusion, Bryce, if there's a level of like, oh, well, we don't want to pay him because of what happened to Sean Jackson. We don't want to look bad for the owners. Who's the one owner that's been outspoken this entire time? Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay, yeah. No, you're right. Now, I don't know. I, I mean, it would be a massive statement. All I'm going to say, it's a massive FU. Irsay's already proven it, that he's willing to do it. He's willing to do it in front of Daniel Snyder. He's willing to do it in front of Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Bryce, if you're, where do you think he's actually going to go? 
Where do you think he's going to go? Do you think he's going to stay? Do you actually think he's going to leave? Where do you think he's going to go? In my humble opinion, I do feel like this whole thing, this whole, um, you know, Twitter, I'll answer your questions, everything like that, I think is to put pressure on the Ravens. I do feel like this is going to get done. I think he does want to be there. Um, I think this is just his way of putting the pressure on the Ravens to get this done and not make this a whole public scene because the Ravens aren't really about public scenes. They never have been, Um, you know, they have the Ray Rice thing, which was kind of out of their control, but you know, they could cut him as soon as possible and just be done with it. Um, So I I think they want to make this go away. Now, now here's what I do think is interesting, Caleb. I don't know if you saw this, Hmm. but Baker Mayfield was offered a contract by the Baltimore Ravens. And he declined. <laughs> My God. He declined because of all people, of all people, Caleb, he he said he didn't want to get in the middle of this. I did not see this. You did not see this. Okay, I did well, not I, see yeah, this. Yeah, well, I, need to, I, need to, I need to send this to you then because, yeah, you, you, need to, you need to see this. This is legitimate, dude. So why? Because. Let, like me read, wanted- let me read the direct quote. Uh, they said they just wanted they you know they're kind of here it is oh. May, Mayfield's focus at the time of the Ravens offer was on a starting opportunity when he passed on the Ravens job it appeared to be Lamar's so uh, this was under the assumption I think I guess this is under the assumption that Lamar was coming back before all this kind of blew up but still the fact that right you know you want to have somebody like Baker Mayfield on your roster which really doesn't make sense for no the Ravens, it doesn't make sense. Because I feel like I feel like Huntley was fine. Huntley's a very good backup, right? So uh, something. It definitely suggests, yeah. It definitely suggests something's not right. That's an interesting report. I did not see that today. I wonder whether I'll send that to you. I wonder whether Lamar. It's it's interesting because like there's all these organizations, Atlanta, basically like is having this like incredibly tough stance, like. We trust in our quarterback. You really trust in Desmond Ritter? <laughs> really? I mean, really? they spent the draft capital. The on worst him. quarterback in that division. Really? <laughs> I mean, I mean, are we? I mean, really? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ludicrous, Bryce. That's I ludicrous. You. There's only ten organizations or eight organizations in the NFL that should genuinely say we have a quarterback better than Lamar. Every other team should be looking to improve the quarterback position. Every, every single team. And the, the, the lack of, I mean, what some of these organizations are doing are just, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. Atlanta, Atlanta's stupid. It's just stupid. Lamar would want to probably go there because clearly you know, from Miami, from the Florida area. I mean, it's a joke. I, I, I think the Colts are honestly, I think that's the most real play. I think that's the real play. I think the Colts... I mean, if they're going to do it, Jim Mercy is the reason they're going to do it. It's not because of Chris Ballard. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's really not. Yeah, you're probably right. They're going to sit there. They're going to throw the they're going to throw the rumors at you all day long. You know, but I, I'm I mean, I don't care to say this. He, he, he's, he's just afraid to pull the trigger. He's just afraid. He's just afraid to make moves. He's afraid to make moves. He's afraid to make moves to potentially cost his job. This is a move he should make. He should make for a lot of reasons. He should make this move, but I, I, I don't think I think Ursay will be the one who will push this drive. Who will make this happen if he wants it to happen. I think the Deshaun Watson money is obviously affecting this whole whole entire thing. It is, but a, what a weird scapegoat! It is what a weird, what a weird scapegoat. In my it opinion, is. it is weird, but I, I do think it's fair though. It is fair, but because it's you because the problem weird. with Lamar, the problem with the bar is the lack of. I mean, you say it all the time. You're not crazy about his arm. You're not no. crazy about his pocket passing. You're not crazy about any of that stuff, right? Deshaun Watson could pocket pass. Deshaun Watson, but the but Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun Watson isn't the athlete that Lamar is. No, like you know, like frankly, I don't. Frankly, I don't even know if we. We've seen a better athlete at the quarterback position. Maybe Vic. 
I think was a fair argument. Yeah, Lamar, Lamar, something else. Lamar was Lamar was Lamar's in that conversation. Do you want to say Lamar? Yeah. No one's going to sit there and bash you. Like, I, I just I think that. There's a uniqueness to him, and I really do believe. This would be a great opportunity for the Colts to reset themselves. New coach, new quarterback who brings you in the seats. Lamar Jackson will bring you in the seats. He will bring you in the seats. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know it, Bryce. No, that, that's true. You're no, going to no, go to four, you're going to go to three games. You're going to go three games, Bryce. If Lamar goes three games, come on, man. You're going to three games. You're going to go to your wife with one of them. You're going to go to your bro- you're going to go with your brother to another one, and then you're going to go with that maybe. schmuck that 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 does that show with your Mandalorian. Oh my gosh! Don't that's bring, what you're going to do. Don't bring don't bring CG into this. You're going to bring that schmuck over there CG. with you. You're going to bring that schmuck <laughs> over there with you. Who wants him just as much? Look, I I think that I think I don't know. It's an interesting discussion. I wanted to have it with you because I just, it's been on my mind with the Colts. And I think the Colts have the key to the chamber. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really do believe the Colts have the key to the chamber. And I really wonder how they're going to take advantage of this. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right. Well, once again, that'll conclude our uh, Lynn Sandy for us. Very excited uh, to talk about the, the final four, how that will all play out. NBA's playing out. Kevin Durant's back, and yes. Bryce, the St. Louis Cardinals are beginning their NL no, Central no, conquest. The Suckbirds. The Suckbirds are back. This Thursday, March the 30th, they're blinging out the horses. They're the bringing out the beer, and we're going to look to win a division. We're going to win the division again. No, I'm going to succeed and relish don't, don't in this beautiful season. Oh, in this beautiful gosh. season. Meanwhile, your Red Sox choose to sell everybody. And anyway, thank you very much for listening to the Podcast.